for the Dad Bod Rap Pop with your hosts, Timon Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Three underground rap nerds walked into a bar. An argument ensued about who the goats are. The seed was a thought that would turn into a pod. Now fans worldwide say, not a bad job, the ad hoc cab squad Who chronicles the vanguard of hip-hop at large Rap taste slacked off, don't need to be mad, dog. Look no further, it's the dad bod Rap pod Podcasting live from San Jose, California It is the dad bod rap pod My name is Damone Carter, a.k.a. Dim One I am joined by my man, the cat burglar David Ma, what's happening, man? Yo, yo, really good to be here. I know that that was sort of a visual joke because of the black, the all black plus the beanie, but yeah, Dead I'll... Presidents Two dropping, or you know, <laughs> I just cleaned my my makeup off right now before the Zoom session. Um, yeah, no, good to see you, man. It's a very uh, Monday Monday, is what we were saying earlier. Yeah, man, it's it's definitely a whole ass Monday. Uh, shout out to our brethren Nate LeBlanc who has yep. been uh, traveling for a bit and probably we'll be back for next week's uh episode but uh it's me and dave we are here uh we are navigating another monday thursday in podcast time for y'all but uh dave i remember i don't know if you saw this uh when billy woods came on secret skin he was like yo mike none of the indie podcast people talk about controversial shit right right so we kind of did that a little bit last week uh, we touched uh-huh. on the Jason Buford uh, mediocre white rappers article, right? Um, and there's more controversy in the underground rap world. Uh, folks are wondering, nothing confirmed. What's going on with Madlib? Has right. he split with Egon? Uh, is Egon gonna give MF Doom's rhyme book right back? Right. I, I just I don't know what to think, Dave. You're an industry insider. Break it all down for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, my first point. Uh, no, you know what? I mean, I, I probably have just read as much as you have uh, a lot of surface level stuff. However, I mean, I think there was an article with, with Miss Dumoulet, um, you know, mm-hmm. Doom's wife, basically lending credence to the fact that she wants the fucking rhyme book back, too. So if that's the case, then... <laughs> Shit, man! If 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 you're if you're corroborating Talib Kweli's story and ma- making him sound legit, then fuck. There's credence to that, you know. And so that's a rough one. That's a rough one to think that there's a human out there sitting with this glowing book of doom rhymes and refuses to give it back when you had nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Just because you sort of you know had a hand in orchestrating some projects in the past, um, I don't know if that ever justifies holding on to that, especially if their family member wants it back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think um, 100% agree. And, and reading Dilla Time, it was really interesting to kind of see what happens when an artist passes and kind right. of how how folks who were involved with their success, which Egon is a part of that story too, in an interesting way. Won't ruin right. it for you, read Dilla Time. Um, but yeah, part of me wants to kind of withhold um judgment are there a set of circumstances that that are not being clearly articulated here right um all the things but i'll go back to what i said last week i think um white folks folks who appear to be white uh have to be careful in this in this music biz i can say that it looks very bad 
it's it just a bad. bad look. If there are some underlying circumstances we don't understand, I think Egon would do well to explain that. Right. But right, right now, it it appears that the way it looks is that it's a a, a dude in management. You know what I mean? It's kind mm-hmm. of like central casting, mm-hmm. record industry fuckery type shit. Who will right. return uh, the rhyme book of a of a you know a falling hip hop legend? Now I will right. say this, and and hopefully I don't get canceled for it. Um, this is some shit Doom might do though. It's <laughs> it's low key villainous, is it not? It is. It's definitely low key villainous. Totally, totally. But I mean, if Doom did it, I mean, there's an air of humor and like yeah. like you said, like ah, yeah. oh, dude, he's a villain. Yeah. But but you know, if it's coming from some dude who dresses like he's you know from the Revolutionary War and drinks <laughs> drinks uh, fancy wine all the time, now he now he's all silent, and yeah. that's super deafening. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's really is, and it and it's unfortunate because you know I I, I feel like Egon's had his hands on like bona fide hip hop classics. Right? Absolutely, like, absolutely. Um, and I so mean, even, I, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I could, go ahead. Yeah, I could see why how he could maybe feel like um, some sense of entitlement, but yeah, I just. We need some more answers, uh, but the latest rumor, and it has not been corroborated, um, is that Egon and Madlib has split. Um, yeah. Egon's been managing Madlib for a long time, and again, can't confirm or, or deny that, except that uh, we did speak to a rapper who shall not be named, uh, who was like, oh yeah, that happened. Um, right. And, right. I, and I don't know the circumstances of it, but it kind of got me and I'm not the only person to think about this. Um, do you think we will see um, Mad Lib's beats find their way to to different places that maybe they they hadn't before? I, I've seen a couple folks online right. follow that train of thought. Right. I mean, I would hope so, and I hope that they sort of have the freedom to breathe on their own and you know make make their way onto whatever projects that are fitting and be fitting. Uh, financially for Madlib as an artist, but yeah. who knows, dude? Who knows? I mean, if there if there are all these like contractual um, mm-hmm. red tape that they need to deal with that that we aren't reading in these compact complex magazine articles, you know what I mean? Who knows? <laughs> Screen grabs, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. So who knows? But I mean, just as a supporter of art and artists, um, hopefully he's getting a bag for them, and hopefully. Um, nobody is uh, bottlenecking his stuff. I mean, especially yeah. you know somebody like. Egon, who I do, I do have respect for uh, what he's done in the past and what he's um, orchestrated. I mean, I love the Now Again label. Yeah, about to say Now Again has done some cool things. Totally cool things, and um, I, you know, I've even exchanged a couple emails with him back in the day, and um, yeah. So I mean, I, I can't, I, I don't have a firm opinion on things because I don't think the details are totally firm, and until then, it sort of sounds gossipy, but. Yeah. From what we know, and especially the whole thing with his wife, um, his wife saying yeah. that, um, I think it kind of speaks volumes, dude. Yeah, unfortunately, it makes it makes one a little bit queasy. And it also comes back to, you know, again, we, we have to take the things that Talib Pali puts across with a grain of salt. That's what but I'm he, saying. He yeah. was also like, there is a person who is stopping the release of the Black Star um, right. album. Like right. he was heavy on that for a while and then it right. eventually came out, but now it's kind of like, oh, you know, putting putting two and two together there. But um, we are we are not a hot goss podcast. We are a, a music podcast, even though uh, it might not sound like it today. Um, my thought was this. This kind of got me thinking about who would we like to see on Mad Lib production that we haven't 
that we haven't seen or heard yet. Right. I mean, that to me, um, that's that's a tough one, because, I mean, if we're if we're looking back at Mad Lib's uh, discography, I mean, he has already worked with people I want to see working with him, you know, for sure. MF Doom, you know, Freddie Gibbs, um, most deaf, you know, Um, so for me, it's a tough one. And maybe I'm overlooking a couple remixes or something because he's so prolific, but I would like to see some Wu-Tang with some Matt over some Mad Lib. You know what I mean? But I don't some know. Ghost, I... Some ghost lib? Ex- <laughs> Mad face? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that would be great, but who knows? There's probably a weird Raekwon Mad Lib remix out there somewhere, but you know what I mean? I'm sure the listeners can um, correct us, but I would love to see that, you know, just some grimy shit. Um, definitely not trying to hear that Mad Lib Logic uh, Ooh. album. Ooh. Trying to forget that one. Oof, I think everybody did. I think hip hop <laughs> came together. We banded together to say we're not giving attention to this at all. And I'm sure for Mad Lib, the check's still cleared. But um, yeah, I kind of was doing this thought experiment. Um, mm-hmm. Mad Lib has done great work with with uh, Westside Gun. Right, um, right. He's got a new beat foreshadowing. He's got a beat on the new um, Open Mike Eagle album. Yes, sir. Uh, the the next single that's about to drop, Circuit City, which is super dope. Um, he, he had he had a beat on the Sunny Jim album that I liked. Um, mm, mm. But I feel like I would love to kind of continue on the Freddie Gibbs thing. I would love mm-hmm. to see him get uh, do some work with Boldy James. Yes, uh, I think a Boldy a right, a Boldy Mad Lib yeah. kind of loose weirdo beats um, with with Boldy's kind of a percussive attacking rap style. I think uh would go well uh shout out to boldy and nicholas craven they're about to um they're about to drop uh another another project very soon but yeah i think that would be dope i mean i kind of feel like anybody that to your point that travels along kind of the wu-tang trajectory mm-hmm. uh, of rapping um i'd love to see it would love to see a uh a mad lib uh def c something you know oh let's just my speak goodness that. yeah speak that into existence, into existence hopefully. yes oh man a def lib album that would be incredible man seriously um uh, i think we would all rejoice for uh our dude def c for sure yeah for, for sure but but who knows who knows what's going to happen going forward um we were fortunate enough to talk to one of mad libs frequent collaborators uh med med uh, who joined us to talk about a new album that he put together with some of the homies out in Oxnard. Uh, they formed kind of a super group, which is LMNO, MED, and uh, Dudley Perkins. And right. it's called LMD, uh, produced entirely by Madlib. Um, it's out right now. So let's let's cut to that interview. You can hear a little bit more about it. This is our interview with MED, Dad Bod, Rap Pod.
Dad Bod Rap Pod. Every week we talk to people who are moving and shaping hip hop culture. This week is no different. Joining us in Zoom, we have NED. What's happening, man? What's good with y'all, man? What's good, fellas? How y'all feeling? Doing all right, man. We're just uh, going through a, a little bit of, of Monday depression that we do every Monday <laughs> when we start this podcast. But by the end of it, we we be in the right headspace. So so thanks for joining. Um, talk to us about how it all started for you. You come from a a, a very uh, MC rich uh, area, but tell us how you got started rapping. Um, pretty much, man. Just been a fan, been a fan of it, you know, since a child, you know. Going in the house, you know, listening to um, just old school hip hop, you know, Karis One and N.W.A. and whatnot. So I had a um, big influence by, you know, Ice Cube, Karis One, and um, just from there, man, just started freestyling, performing, like sixth, seventh grade talent shows, then um, shoot performing in junior high school to high school. So it's always been it's just something I always did, you know. Yeah, I hear that. Is there something in the water in Oxnard? Help us understand. Um, I feel like we talked to like 12 dudes from Oxnard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. There's, I mean, you know, I think there's a lot of talent, you know, you know, there's a lot of talent everywhere. You know, I think, you know, I mean, I think Oxnard definitely has its, um, its talent, its own little sound in certain ways, you know, because we're like in between LA and the Bay. So we're like at the borderline, you know, in a sense, you know, Santa Barbara is, but you know, we got our own sound that way, man, especially my crew. Me and my crew always had our own sound, you know, so, yeah. You know, Anderson Pack from out there. So, yeah. Right, right. Well, thank you uh, for explaining the uh, so your sort of origins. Um, I want to jump around a little bit through your history and want to start off with 2005's Push Comes to Shove, um, released on Stone's Throw, incredible production, um, names like Mad Lib, of course, uh, Dilla, Just Blaze. Can you sort of just walk us through that, um, how that sort of came together, what your thoughts on it now, listening to it back. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that goes back to the Loop Pack album, man. We've been on um, dealing with Stone Stone before the Loop Pack album came out because, you know, I think Wolf was on a mission of like, you know, he really liked what Madlib was doing. And then from there, he was like, yo, I want to sign the whole crew. And um, yeah, I mean, we worked on an album for about four years, finally came out in 2005. Uh, that's around the time after Jay Dilla had moved out to L.A. and was working with Mad Lib. So we would always be hanging out with Dilla, you know, and then, um, man, I remember Dilla reached out and I got to be on the um, the Shining album. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I got to actually record the studio. I was asked to be on it from him. When it came to my album, we reached out to him. I think Wolf reached out and then it was just easily done, man. He was working, he was fucking with the crew, man. And then, um, yeah, man, I was surprised nobody picked that beat because I went through a beat CD, man, a Dilla shit. You know? <laughs> All the bangers were gone, and I came across that one, and I knew it was gone. I did a song to it anyway, and I said, nah, no one chose this beat. So I got lucky, man. Yeah, that's on the push joint. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I'm trying to think of what that would be like. I guess he wasn't quite Dilla yet, right? He's like, he's just another producer that you're working with, or did he always have an aura about him? Nah, he always had an aura about him. Always. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Soft-spoken, but, you know, silent giant, you know? Yeah, well said. Um, I'm actually curious. We talked about this a little bit off mic, but I, you know, we were up on early Stone's Throw stuff. Wolf is from our hometown, so I always knew you as Metaphor. Um, can yeah. you talk a little bit about how you decided to change your name? And, like, do you think that um, that's 
had an effect on things with your career or just how, like what, like just help us understand. Well, well, originally I got my name from Wild Child. Wild Child, we was in, this was when Madeline was staying with his dad. We was all in the room and um, Wild Child was just giving names out. He was like metaphor. And I'd be like, all right, I'll take it. Cause I was never big on names. You know, I didn't, I never was those, I gotta have the perfect name. So when he said it, I took it. And then after a while, just kind of like metaphor was just sound a little bit, you know what I mean? Just a lot going on with it, you know, kind of long and whatnot. And like, man, then people, and I felt like people were always trying to have me do metaphor. Oh, you should just all oh, metaphor. Like, <laughs> now, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, Madlib and everybody was calling me mad. Nobody was really calling me metaphor. They are like, yo, man, where you at? I said, fuck it, around with it. Easier on the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man no, i hear you um i am a fan of the song raid on a on on mad villain you talked about being on on jungle love on the shining um huge spots like literally rapping over you know some of the dopest producers ever and also with some of the the dopest mcs ever do you do you get nervous at all when that opportunity comes or are you just like nah fuck that I, I i got this how what what goes through your mind when you're like you're gonna get on a track with doom um to be honest you know i was a fan of doom but i was really put on when madeline started working with him is when i was just like yo this dude's crazy you know but you know we was always doing our thing and i know madeline was more in touch with you know with different artists and sounds i was always just crew you know, I'd listen to some outside music and, you know, just kind of catch the vibes. But, you know, I was a fan of Doom. But then when I really got around him and it became personal and stuff, it really like grew on me and it became personal. You know what I'm saying? And I just, you know, I kind of missed that dude, man. And to get on that thing, that was another blessing, too, because he has reached out to get me on it. You know, he wanted me to get on a joint with him. And I'm on a Mad Villain 2 album if that ever come out, too. You know what I'm saying? Ah, please. Wow. We recorded that wow. verse like. The Madeline too, Mike, like three times. He wanted to switch the mic up. Oh, we need a different mic. Like he, we was having fun with it, man. Drink some Hennessy. It was chilling, man. Um, yeah, that was a blessing, man, to be added on. That's one of my. That's one, obviously one of the biggest records I've been on, as far as like in play, play value and whatnot. That album still sells to this day, you know. Of course, of course. Um, thank you again for explaining that. You know. Uh, just looking at your discography and just through the course of this conversation, Mad Lib constantly comes up and it, and it feels like um, your, your uh, career is almost like intertwined. Can you just let us in a little bit on your relationship with Mad Lib, how you guys met and what, what the uh, working process is like for the years? I met Mad Lib like in the, the 90s, you know what I'm saying? Like 93 or something, 94. And um yeah, man, I was just a local rapper performing. Like I said, high school, my boy, rest in peace, Tony Mitchell, was like, yo, let's go get these beats from this, the loop pack. And I was like, who's that? He was like, yo, there's some group that had dropped a demo around town and that shit had spread it. And when I heard it, I was like, oh, shit, yeah, let's go. So we ended up going to his house, which is funny. He ended up moving on the west side where I'm from, the auction art. And he literally lived like, shoot, I would say like a good 10, 15 minute walk, 10 minute walk, so it was close. So I ended up going over there, and uh, me and my boy, we ended up rapping for him. Then uh, Madeline been telling me, like, yo, man, you should just start uh, rapping with my crew. And I was like, well, fuck it, you know, because they was doing their thing. And then me and my crew, we was all just like high school buddies. None of them was really serious about music. 
Mm-hmm. And from there, man, I started hanging with Mad Lib. I was younger, you know what I'm saying? Like four or five years younger, five years younger than Mad Lib. But I was always hanging out because I was always doing what they was doing, you know. So I was a young cat running, hang, going to the, sneaking into the clubs, you know what I'm saying? Going to the parties, you know, drinking, smoking. That's when I used to steal bottles of it. <laughs> Oh, so that so that was real. That was a real line. Yeah, yeah. I used to go in there. Yeah, I used to steal the bottles. Yeah, we go to the studio. That they'd be like, "What you guys want to drink?" We was drinking that Myers rum. Man, looked like that Myers rum back then. So, <laughs> go back to the studio, drink on the side of the building because his dad on the studio. So, I mean, you know, we're drinking the thing. We'll smoke on the side, and then, uh, man, me and Matt have just kicked it, man. Tori took me on tours with him. I'm pretty much featured on a lot of joints, you know, like the Quasimodos, the Mad Villains, the Yesterday New Quintets. You know, he get, he makes sure he keeps me um, locked in, man. And that's one of the, uh, yeah, he a silent giant too. You know, he real quiet, but man, he a workhorse, you know what I'm saying? It's super, super humble. And he look out for his people. I'm like, you know, a lot of cats, you know, he ain't switched up on me, yet, you know? Yeah. That, that's cool to hear, man, and that you guys take it so far back. Um, love to talk about the new record. I know we're uh, we're here to promote Flying High by LMD. Um, Elemento, Declaim, um, yourself over, uh, is it 100% Madlib beats? Yeah, Madlib, all Madlib joints. Yeah. Nice. Uh, talk to us, man. What, how did this come together? Is this older stuff? Is this all brand new? Like, Just walk us through the process, please. Pretty much the process from 2013 is when we had did a song called um, Advice, which we had dropped. And Mallet dropped that years ago on one of his um, compilation albums. So around that time, we had started recording. We got a lot of songs recorded, but then through time, we just kept building. And I would say about 2018 or something, we took a pause because, you know, we're just, you know, everybody's doing their solo career. And the claim was like, yo, man, we got to put this out. And I'm like, well, you know, if y'all down. So we went and retouched things up, uh, recorded a few more new joints and just, man, just put it together, man. Just all, you know, the whole energy of, this, of the album is just like us hanging out, man. It's, yeah. it's not heavy concept or none. It's just a vibe, you know, it's just like you guys are welcome to come hang out with us and just chill out and then, you know, catch our energy and feel part of the family when you listen to this shit, man. It's just that old school raw shit, brand new, you know, brand new energy, though, but just an authentic homie shit, you know? No, Sounds good, man. I can't wait for y'all to hear it, man. You know? uh, yep. Well, actually, we did get a chance to uh, to hear the, the advanced copy, but we're not the most players. Don't worry about it. Right. Um, so wh- why y'all three, though? Like, you have, you, there's a big universe of folks, right? And kind of the, the Mad Lib family tree. What what brought y'all three together? Uh, I think it's the same process, like how Bad Neighbor came together. If y'all got a chance to hear me and Blue, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it was just like we was recording, just like homie stuff. wasn't anticipating on putting it out. Um, that's the same thing that happened. What happened was we would come to my house, and we'll be chilling, and we'll just push the record button, and we record. And while we record, we just talking, bagging, you know, just kicking it, you know, making fun of each other, drinking, smoking, or just or just chilling, talking about the latest news or whatnot. And um, like I said, man, we would just end up hanging out all of a sudden all the time. It just kind of just came natural. Like, why, why should we sit here and not record? This is what we do. Mm-hmm. We just have fun with it. You know what I mean? No pressure. You know what I mean? Right on, man. I'm glad you brought up Bad Neighbor because, um, you know, on the new project, you worked with LMNO um, and Declaim. And uh, Bad Neighbor, you worked with Blue. Can you tell us a little bit about how you guys met and what, 
what was that process like as well, working with another MC of that caliber? Yeah, see, that was that was like a natural thing as well, because, you know, Blue, I think like 06, I was on tour in Europe, and I, I took Blue and Exile on tour with me. Mm. The promoter had booked it, so they was opening up. Um, and I got a chance to hear the Below the Heavens album before it came out, mm. you know, on the tour bus and whatnot. And then from there, man, we just had a relationship all the way back then. Then we started doing more shows and collaborating more. You know, Exile was getting me on joints. I was always working with Exile. Um, yeah, man, it was just, yeah, man. That's one thing I love about, you know, this, um, this, this music scene out here in Cali, man. I think it's a lot of good people that can, I know there's a lot of violence going on and whatnot, but, you know, um, that's another situation. But, I mean, as far as, like, the good energy, man, I think there's a lot of love in L.A., you know, um, that's what I, that's where all my good relationships come. Just natural, man. Everybody's friends. Like we talk with, you know, outside of music, but music always brings us back together. You know, I just did a show with Blue and Exile for their anniversary. Mm. And below the head anniversary. So which is that, that's crazy. You know, that's like 15 years ago or whatnot, you know, so we still rock it, you know? Absolutely. Um, you mentioned something earlier I wanted to pick up on. Um, I think you, you were kind of saying that like, you're just around all these folks. So you hear all their unreleased material. Like, is that how you listen to hip hop or do you try to keep up with what's going on in other parts of hip hop? Or are you just so busy getting the friends music and maybe considering yeah. what you'll rhyme on? Do you get what I'm asking you? Yeah, that's a good question. Nah, nah, for me though, I'm like, um, I always check out the new artists who's, you know, who's buzzing, but you know, I don't really go too deep in it, but, um, I'm really a, a person who watch movements. I like to see people's movements. And I'm a fan of people's success and it motivates me. You know, I can live, watch somebody and not be too big on their music, but then I see their hustle, their grind and the passion and they love what they're doing, which is, and, and they make, they feed in their family. And I think that's something that I'm really a fan of. You know, I'm a fan of the music always, of course. But when it comes to music, yeah, I'm, I fuck with the homies and stuff. I'm mostly listening to the homies and shit. You know what I'm saying? But overall though, I'm a fan of, the movement, people's movement, they hustle, you know, they're, 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 how they motivate other people, inspire people. And um, yeah, man, that's where I'm at with it. The business part, you know, I'm inspired by people's business savvy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what's up. Um, what What's happening in Oxnard now? Is there, are there artists coming out of yeah. Oxnard that, that we're going to hear about, that we should know about? Yeah, yeah, got one right here, watch. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. My boy Preem. Okay. Got his new album coming out. My boy Prometheus just got his shit dropping on a, on a Bang Your Head. Um, he's a dope producer. He like comes from the from the root of it. You know, he's just that. I don't know. It just reminds me of what we did back in the days, you know, and um, you know, he does it his he does what he does, but it's just that feel, that energy. You know, it ain't the sound or not, it's just that feel, you know what I mean? It's just like I know I can feel this. So we got his album, he got homeboy Sandman on there. Okay. He uh, got Blue on there. You got me on there. Guilty Simpsons on his album. Um, yeah, man, this is dope. Choosy, you know what I'm saying? So it's a dope artist, Prometheus. It's coming out next month. So yeah, man, that's who I'm. That's who I'm excited for right now at Oxnard. That's dope. It's it's cool to see that kind of keep regenerating. I, I have a theory, and and we'll see if it's true because people will will come and come for us on Twitter if I'm wrong, but. I don't know if there's been more rap talent to come out of a smaller city. I don't even, I don't even quite know how large Oxnard is, but yeah. when you think about uh, 
cities that we typically associate with being hip hop, like hotbeds. These mm -hmm. are like really big cities. Um, do you guys carry that at all? Is that like a, a, a chip knowing that you come from, you know, you're not from New York. You're not actually from LA. Not, I definitely, I definitely believe that um, we do hold it proud. I think, you know, everybody from every city is proud of probably where they're from. But I think where we're from, we have to be proud. You know what I'm saying? We have to stand on it because, um, you know, we are out, you know, populated by everybody else. We got a small city, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's what really drives the artists because we know we got to do our thing in our city, but we still got to break a lot of walls down just coming from where we're from. So you got to be ready, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of talent, man. There's a lot of talent, though, you know, so much respect to all the MCs and singers that are auction art and athletes. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to say boxers and all kinds of people. We always give a shout out to all the, you know, but people getting their education too, whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what's up. Um, all right, MED, we appreciate you coming on. LMD, the LMD. record is called Flying High. Flying High. Flying okay, high. When's, when's that drop? It's all about mind elevation. So, you know, we're doing it. Flying High. Smoke some with your boy. Yeah, I'm about to say, yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple cool, cool weed, weed, uh, weed songs on there. When is that coming out? Um, on the second of next month. Okay. Yeah. So there it is. our digital platforms, vinyl, cassette, tapes. It ain't real if you can't feel it. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you're doing it like that. That's what's up, man. Hey, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Respect, y'all. Peace. Appreciate Peace. Stay humble, but they bringing out the beast Instead of handsome feet, we heard them over beast Success is a weapon and it's deadly when we speak that I'm a grown man, I don't blame or repeat that Peace Alright, that was our conversation with M.E.D. Uh, always good to hear from people from Oxnard, as you can see. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm low-key, like, obsessed and amazed with uh, the number of artists that have come through that that little town. Um, so, yeah, shout out to, to MED for coming on. Dave, I feel like we didn't necessarily talk about this in the interview, but I feel like he's one of the better role players in rap history and here's why i say ah, okay here's okay. why i say that six man award sit kind of if you think about the projects that he's been on yeah the songs that he's been on yeah um when mf doom is calling you right being like hey i, I want to get you down on this and i think in instances where he's had to feature on these like songs with hip-hop legends 
he always affords himself well. Um, he, yeah, he's he's on the track uh, "Jungle Love" with um, produced by Jay Dilla on the Shining. Mm-hmm. The fucking kills it. Um, he's obviously on on Mad Villain. Right. Um, he's all he's the only rapper featured on Mad Lib's uh Blue Note Records project, and mm. and comes through on that too. So, just I I think he he's been um very reliable. Like when I was growing up, that's what they would say about Money B. Like mm-hmm. Money B was gonna give you a quality sixteen, even if he's rapping with Tupac or whoever. Like he's right. always gonna give you a quality sixteen. That's kind of how I feel about MBD. Yeah, I mean, uh, even in the interview, he mentioned that if uh, Mad Villain 2 comes out, he's he has a cut on that too. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, good for him. Um, it's really cool that, you know, he has a little, that we're giving him a moment of recognition and it's not because we're anything, but it's more like, I feel like through the years, he's somebody that, you know, does deserve the Six Man Award. And um, I think you mentioned that there's something in the water in Oxnard. And I think it's pretty cool. And I think, that um, just the fact that Madlib, you know, super producer Madlib, one of the mm-hmm. deepest collectors ever, the person who's worked with, you know, Most Def and MF Doom, um, you know, also gives all these beats to his buddies. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? That, that is, man, which doesn't always happen, right? Which I doesn't always happen. And it's not like he's giving him throwaway shit either. Mm-hmm. Like he gives him some really cool stuff. And it's really cool to see that like, you know, um, their friendship and whatever has gone down in Oxnard just cuts through everything, um, even in 2022. So it's really yeah. cool to hear that, man. Especially, yeah, you know, and it's cool to get a minute of uh, MED's time too. And I, he certainly um, echoed that sentiment. Yeah, for for sure, for sure. He's a good good guest. We appreciate him coming on the program. Um, as you know, we we you know we out here on Twitter at Dad Pod Rap Pod. Um, did you catch my California Raisins tweet? I did, dude. I did. did. Did you know that they were label mates with Ice Cube? I did not know that. I did not know that. And I, I, I there's a missed opportunity for I heard it through the grapevine joke. But anyways, God damn it. God God damn damn it. it. Um, <laughs> you got no. the passwords, Dave. Jump in there. <laughs> I did not know that. Can you tell people about that? Like, what the? Yeah. What is that? So, so for non-Californians, um, there was a point in the '90s where. Uh, Maybe it was a Californian raisin board, like the people who were trying to sell you raisins, uh, <laughs> created this fictional claymation singing group um, called the California Raisins. Um, and they they really dropped records like they had. They did uh, a cover of I Heard It Through the Grapevine. Yeah. Which actually was like produced and sold at a time. And it was like this cute kind of commercial with these like cartoonish raisins um, singing old soul hits. Um, I'll tell it you something. So outrageous! It sounds so the outrageous. Black community felt that like that's a little all right. Yeah, all right. Some little dark purple raisins. That's a little <laughs> bit racist, but mm. um, gonna give them a pass because they could sing. Um, and somehow the project was on Priority Records at the time that they had Ice Cube. Uh, if I'm lining these things up correctly, so just another one of those hilarious. Uh, music industry weird moments that a fictional raisin group that is um, so had a deal weird so weird who ain't that some dude from food of the loom <laughs> <laughs> it's so fruit it's hot weird. <laughs> dried fruit is in the season we need to get a dried fruit group uh we've seen nothing like it since i guess the closest thing to it is gorillas right yeah <laughs> This is that's quite the corollary from uh, California raisins to the gorillas. But yeah, man, I mean, I can't think of anything else. I mean, 
back in the like fuck was this early 90s or maybe even 80s right i think it was early 90s okay uh, the california raisins when they were hot when they were popping okay. on the streets uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> where they're on college radio. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it's, it's just weird because back then, you know, they would release um, a lot of novelty records. I yes. think were just more accepted, you know, like yep. chip, chipmunks doing the Ramones and people would buy that, you know? Like, yes. Yes. And by people, you mean you. Um, <laughs> no, I have the, the Fat Boys. Um, do you consider the Fat Boys Wipeout to be a, a novelty record? Uh, I think maybe aesthetically and musically but i don't think the fat boys are they meant it that group. way yeah right right yeah, i mean yeah. i think their early stuff uh when they're the disco three i believe i mean that's some serious shit yeah but by the time they're doing with the beach boys isn't it like it's it's a rap for both of those groups <laughs> at, that, at that point it's like but that was my entry point like i bought the 45 to the fat boys wipeout because uh, I thought that shit was hard, circa '87. So well, there you go. It was a different time, kids. Don't laugh. Um, yeah. So Dave, uh, I hear you got a, a a new writing project in the works. Want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, sure. That's that, that was quite the transition from the California raisins. Raisins um, to writing. <laughs> Asians don't raisin, dog. Um, uh, I um, it's it's not it's not even a big thing. I uh, do. Um, a column for Passion of the Weiss. Uh, shout out our dude Jeff Weiss. Um, hey. It's called "It's the Making of." So I just talk about seminal rap tracks. Some of them are huge hits. Some are just personal favorites. Yeah. And I've uh, gone on to you know talk to artists who had their hand in these songs, and you know it runs the gamut. Like I said, you know bigger songs to underground cuts to whatever. Um, the one that I just turned into Jeff is on the making of the Last Emperor's Secret Wars Part One. Which has always been a favorite of the backpack era, right? And yep. it's really cool to get the background on everything. And we've had Last Emp on the show, and uh, he was very gracious and just super um, thoughtful and articulate, as you would think, and as he appears on record. So I'm uh, really glad to finally get that over. I mean, I'm working on, a, I'm always working on a few things, but, and even though I don't mean to um, minimize it, it's just, a, you know, it's a smaller little, little article, but I'm really yeah. glad to put it out there, man. Yeah, people really uh, responded to our interview with Last Emperor. That was episode 183, if, if folks want to um, nice. cycle back. Um, you know, another one of those artists who, in the course of making the show, sometimes you'll get, like, quote-unquote, a big get, using air quotes you can't see. Shout out to Nate LeBlanc. <laughs> um, sometimes you'll get a big get, and it won't do the numbers Right. That like a last emperor or looking back at last week that Lewis Logic totally um, did or, or, you know, Saya or Yeshua, like right. there's certain artists that uh, the backpack community is kind of waiting for the opportunity to talk about and celebrate. So we're glad we could have them on. I'm glad the the piece is coming along. But, you know, it's just one of the many pieces of uh, wonderful content coming out of the dad bod rap pod camp uh you can fuck with us on twitter at dad bod rap pod you can fuck with us on instagram at dad bod rap pod if you really rocking with the podcast check out our patreon it's patreon.com slash dad bod rap pod uh we post playlists i have a playlist series called dems gems that i post on there nate has his radio show fly sporadic um nate posts a lot of kind of questions and talk back opportunities for folks to build and connect with us um online so 
if you really like the show and you want to uh, support it and also kind of get behind the scenes, that's patreon.com slash dad bod rap pod. Did you see uh, Instagram is allowing subscriptions now, Dave? I, I did see that, but uh, I haven't really fucked with it. Um, I barely, you know, even watch people's stories. <laughs> but um, how does that how does that impact us, dude? What are, what's our next? I don't know. Here? I think I was thinking it's an opportunity for you to monetize your thirst trap picks. Like when, <laughs> like when you get a new beanie and you're kind of like, it's a brand new selfie. black beanie, ladies. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I'm always down with opportunities, man. Speaking of opportunities, we've been lucky enough to have been invited to uh, some music festivals lately, yeah. you know, flying out to yeah. Boise a little bit. You know, certainly Hyro Day was yeah. an extravaganza, which, you know, uh, y'all can check on the uh, recent Hyro Day uh, episode. Uh, episode, yeah. yes. But tell the folks a little bit about the next festival that we got invited to that we're going to be covering as well. Yeah, we are going to head to Ontario, California on saturday october 1st for the happiness of pursuit festival uh which is a really an underground hip-hop festival uh reason from tde is headlining but also we have the far side is going to be there open mike eagle will be doing his first show before the release of his new album Mm -hmm. um there's a bunch of cool artists ninth wonder is going to be on the bill merce is going to have his own stage just a, a gang of cool underground artists are going to be there. So we're excited to be uh, in the building. We will be backstage, hopefully um, getting some more interviews with folks and just catching the general vibe of the festival. Um, I'm excited, man. I kind of feel like this is a weird part of podcasting that I never expected mm. uh, to come along. Yeah. But, uh, we're kind of, I don't know, we're kind of getting into a rhythm with it, no? Yeah, I mean, Doug, we were on a on a plane with Arm and Hammer. I mean, yeah, so pretty much like we're we're pretty much pros. Once yeah, you, you know, I mean, we're gonna share an Uber with Alchemist next. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> right? Oh, that would be so fucking sick. Um, yeah, man, it's it's cool to kind of have the access um, to to do these type of things, especially men of a certain age, and just really cool to to see hip hop live. I think throughout right, the pandemic. Right um that's something that i maybe took for granted i feel like since because of the show obviously but in the last two and a half years i have went to more rap shows than i did (laughs) in maybe the 10 years prior like for real and like now i'm actually like looking for like i'll be in new york uh in a couple weeks and i'm kind of like can i drag my girlfriend to a fat boy sharif show i probably can because she's wonderful and she'll do that Totally. Um, and, and you can, you know, hit up Fatboy Sharif directly and be like, exactly. yo, you know, exactly. So it's probably a mix of kind of like, yeah, we have some access. If Rory comes to town, I can go see him and then be like, oh, what's up and chop it up a little bit. Yeah. But it's also giving me a deeper appreciation for um, rap is in a lot of ways a live thing. Absolutely. Um, you know what I mean? So it's it's going to be super dope. We'll be down there for the entire day. That's going to be a wild ass weekend, man. That's gonna be that's gonna be a wild one, man. I gotta figure out my um plane ride back, which I haven't even figured out yet. So uh, we might could give you a ride. Dave is, <laughs> is is doing private jet down, private jet back. Uh, me and me and Nate are gonna drive. Um, honestly, I wish we could just record me and Nate driving down. That's gonna be a, <laughs> that's gonna be a podcast and a half. Um, 
but yeah, we're we're excited to be a part of it. Uh, shout out to 60 East and the whole uh, Happiness of Pursuit team. You can go to thop.net or check out the Happiness of Pursuit on Eventbrite to get tickets. From what I understand, Ontario is you go to LA and then you bust a right. <laughs> that's what I that's how I understand it. You go to LA and then you like bus a right and there's other things that are down there. So I'm interested to uh see what that whole scene is about. Um because usually when I go to SoCal I only go to LA. Um right, so right. yeah. So we're excited about it. We'll be we'll be down there. You should be too uh and you know you should keep on listening to the podcast. New episodes every Thursday. It's the dad bod. Rap.